My name is Matt Rappelt, and you're listening to a special on-the-scene interview with Guelph-based artist Anthony Schmanthony. Anthony is a musical genre bender. He is the former frontman for a post-punk band, but he's bringing his jazz and rock-inspired banjo songs to KW's Little Theater on August 19th. Anthony, welcome to On The Scene. Thanks for being here with us. Hey, thanks. Thank you. All right. So, Anthony, I mean, I got to ask the first question. Uh, Anthony Schmanthony, give me the story behind that name. I know it's a cliched question for artists, but you got to tell me how you went, uh, how you came up with that. Oh, uh, well, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of twofold. A, it, it, it was sort of accidental, you know. I wound up giving myself my own nickname. I, I changed my name on Facebook because I was applying for some kitchen job years ago and uh and uh <laughs> and i just i forgot to change it back and it just caught on to the point where that's what everybody in guelph called me now nobody in guelph none nobody some of my some of the people i see every day they don't know my last name i'm just anthony schmanthony to them now and so it just <laughs> sort of stuck and i figured why not put myself on posters of that uh, as as anthony schmanthony because uh uh nobody uh spells my real last name right on posters anyway as we were talking about before at the interview and it's just um uh even if they misspell schmanthony they still get the gist uh the 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 ways the myriad of different ways in which uh people have spelled my last name wrong are just incredible and uh there are some ways where they'd never find me do you have a most egregious example of your last name being spelled incorrectly Oh, yeah, yeah. I was doing, uh, when I was a kid, I was doing lifeguard stuff, and I got my certificate, and it said Anthony, my last name is Damio, uh, and it's pronounced, and they put Anthony D'Amigo on it. D-A-M-I-G-G-O. That's too many A's, and uh, there are no G's in my name. Yeah, the magical G makes an appearance. That's very interesting. Two G's. They, they, they doubled down, you know? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, uh, well, I'm so happy that you're going to be coming to the KW Little Theater this Friday. And uh, you're, you've been described as a banjo slayer, punk rocker, rock and roll agitator. You got to let me know, how can you be all three of those at the same time? Oh, those are so old. I don't know where they are on my uh, on whatever web pages I have. I'm very bad at keeping up with them. I don't know. I, I I'm very uncomfortable in my own skin, which everything I do, you know, with everything I do. So uh, I, I tend to, I tend to change uh, everything I'm doing and start from scratch once every two or three years. I just go, that was all wrong. I'm going to start again. Uh, now I know, now I got it, you know, and then um, I think that's good though. It keeps things fun, you know, um, oh, like I remember like, my voice, I changed that about once every three years. Like, that's not how I want to sound. That's not how I want to sing, you know? Um, well, tell me a little bit about that. If, I mean, talk about changing your voice. I mean, that's not something that most musicians, most artists do. Tell me a little bit about, uh, about that. Did that change just based on the genres that you were doing? I think so. Yeah. In some ways, like in the same way that a guitarist might use a guitar pedal or a different guitar for, if they're playing some sort of a different genre or based on the themes of the, of the music they're playing, you know, they might decide they need uh, more, uh, more uh, gain or more reverb or more whatever, you know, when they're playing those uh, slick chords or whatever. Uh, so I figured, why not do that with my voice? You know, there are some themes where it's, I just thought this this character or whoever goes through this particular scenario uh, uh, doesn't sound like that. They wouldn't sound like that. What would they sound like? And of course, usually it sounds like whatever goddamn uh, 
musician you admire at the time you know yeah. i think uh, uh the the best thing you can do is do <laughs> an impersonation of someone you admire so badly that uh uh people just think you have a really unique voice or something <laughs> you know so uh sometimes i hit that on the nose and sometimes i don't um i think the longer i've done it the more i've I've found a sound that's that's more me and less affectation y, you know. Um, but you know, there will always be an element of that in everything I do, I think. Yeah. It sounds like that you're approaching your, you know, your art or your music um from more of a performance based side. Is that sort of fair to say? You know, conscious of the performance aspect of it? I've always been conscious of the performance aspect of it. Um, you know, because it can very easily be um a, a bit of escapism for a person, you know, for the person writing it. Uh, and sometimes that can be a good thing. And sometimes that's the bad thing. Sometimes it's just phony, you know? Um, I don't think there is as much, I think I've let go of a lot of the performative aspect and just tried to uh, really um, go for something more sincere, especially with this latest bunch of songs. Although I did buy a bunch of tacky cowboy shirts and a pair of gold shoes. So uh, that's, uh, you know, there's still some of it. Oh, I'm hoping that we're going to be seeing those on Friday. Well, now if they're not very comfortable shoes. I guess now I've roped myself into it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's go back to uh, some of the genres that you've been in. I mean, you've described a pretty eclectic, um, you know, musical, uh, you know, career for yourself. And, and tell us a little bit about how you got into music. When did you decide that this is something that you wanted to do uh, as more than just kind of a, you know, a hobby uh well first of all i don't think i'm capable of having a hobby you know i don't think i'm capable i i i get tunnel vision you know um as much as i hop in between genres and in between activities i could do other stuff too but um i don't know uh there's something so life affirming about writing and playing music for me that I can't treat it as a hobby it's always got to be going somewhere it's always got to be another project it's never casual you know um there are some gigs you play when you wish it could be casual and you didn't have your heart in it because like sometimes you play a gig and it just sucks it's just the worst oh, yeah, uh yeah. you know nobody shows up or lots of people show up but they don't care about what you're doing and it doesn't matter you could you could change it this way and that play three different sets it's sound totally different they just don't care it's a dinner crowd whatever um but anyway i guess that's my long way of saying i'm not capable of having hobbies it's uh so it's, it's got to be going somewhere for me and uh i don't know music kind of it, it changed my life and uh saved it from what i thought it was doomed to be you know i was always a very shy uh person uh paralyzingly so you know uh um and now most of pretty much all my friendships and my whole social life works around music, which also isn't great. You know, <laughs> that's maybe too much the other way. You know, you, you, I, uh, you know, that can lead to a lot of, you know, too much booze, too much going out at night. Uh, uh, I mean, you have a lot of fun, uh, but you know, you, you gotta stay healthy. Um, and tell us a little bit about, about the genre hopping. I mean, where did you start and, and, and uh, you know, how did you get to be in the spot that you are right now with the collection of songs you have? I started with, uh, I guess, what they were calling folk music in, the, in 2013, uh, which was kind of, 
uh, you know, you got to start somewhere. I'm kind of embarrassed about it, but uh, it's just, you know, it, uh, and, and there's nothing wrong with folk music in uh, in 2013. That was some of my favorite stuff. <laughs> I, you know, there's some of it I still like, but a lot of it is it just sounds way too cutesy to me now and whitewashed. Yeah. And, you know, there are too many ukuleles in it. A lot of glockenspiel, too. I didn't play the glockenspiel. Yeah, I know. I didn't play any of those. But uh, that's what everybody was doing around me. That's what KW wanted at the time. That's what all my friends were doing. And and some of them did it really well and sincerely. But I don't know. I did, After I got, I learned how to start to try to think about how I wanted to write songs there. So that's how I started learning. But I quickly kind of got tired of that. I, 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 uh, I wanted to I wanted to pick up an electric guitar and I wanted to sing in a punk band, you know, um, uh, and I think part of that was. Yeah, there's, there's, there's this this the songs I'd been writing, I was trying to be, I don't know, Bob Dylan or something, but it was too it was too meek and it needed more more guts to it, you know, um, I think the first genre hopping thing happened when I started really listening to Talking Heads. And this was, I'd say, about three or four years before everybody started to get real into the Talking Heads again. I was <laughs> on the on the leading edge of getting into something that some people had already gotten into years ago. Uh, <laughs> but I wanted to, it, it got me thinking, okay, how can I make this strange? You know, how can I take this folk thing and make it kooky and a little weird? And uh, I tried doing that for a bit, and I just threw that all away. And I wanted to be in a rock and roll band. I started listening to The Clash, and all I wanted to do was be in a rock and roll band. I wanted to be in a punk band. Uh, so I started that, and then there was Tom Waits, and so we wanted to make it jazzier, and then we just wanted to make it weird. Oh, I don't know. There have been so many changes. I was playing a lot of post-punk stuff, uh, a lot of stuff that was inspired by Devo, uh, and uh, I guess... Um, I guess the fall, and, oh, well, more Gang of Four because I hadn't really heard of the fall yet, um, and and the Clash and Richard Hell and the Boydoids and some No Wave stuff, and uh, it's hard when when the pandemic hit, we we didn't jam anymore, you know, so it was hard to yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was hard to write those songs on your own. I wrote a couple on my own, you know, but usually you write the bare bones and then somebody has to fill that out, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've, I started writing country songs. I'd, I'd been getting into country music and I thought what better time than to write songs that uh, can be carried by just a guitar or just a banjo, you know? So uh, that's, that's how I got to where I am now. My name is Matt Rappelt, and you're listening to a special on-the-scene interview with Guelph-based artist Anthony Schmanthony. Anthony's coming to KW this Friday to the KW Little Theater. Make sure you get tickets. And uh, Anthony, I want to talk a little bit about that particular show because, um, I mean, it's very exciting to get a chance to play a show at KW Little Theater. It's a beautiful venue space. Uh, and to be part of, uh, you know, this, this songwriting series is really generating a lot of attention and focus here in the area. Um, tell me a little bit about how you got on the bill. Did Jack Cooper, who's the organizer of the, the series, reach out to you? Yes. Yeah, he did. Um, uh, and I played the KWLT once before with uh, Scott Wicken, who's also played as part of the series. And uh, I was a big fan of his uh, uh, when I was younger, still am. Uh, but Jack reached out to me. I think um, he had seen me play before without knowing it, because I used to busk at these uh, Guelph farmers markets when he lived there. Um, but 
I think he thought it was funny. You know, I like to be a bit absurd and uh, and uh, and you know, kind of silly when I'm online. I'm not very good at self promotion, but I can I can tell an absurd joke. And I think he just <laughs> thought it was funny. And uh, I guess he saw a couple videos of me playing. Well, you know, and he thought maybe maybe his songs are unique too, in a weird way. I hope you know. Uh, <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I think if you asked, I think he, he, he wrote a very wonderful description of me recently that I have to share. He said, uh, he said, it'll be uh, funny as heck. I think that was his biggest guarantee is that it'll be funny as heck. And I sure do hope so. Uh, he doesn't, he doesn't use the swear words. Uh, sometimes I slip, but. um i think that's okay it's your show on friday so i'm sure you can sort of say whatever you want to say at that uh oh i'm not filthy or nothing (laughs) (laughs) talking about what uh what audiences can expect um you know what can you give us sort of a teaser about what your music is going to be like and and maybe talk a little bit about the songs that the audiences can expect to hear on friday yeah yeah well i mean um it it's country, you know, and it relies on a lot of those country tropes. I don't try to mess around with them too much. You know, they're tropes for a reason. They're fun. They work. They're, 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 uh, they're compelling, you know. Uh, so you can expect to hear all the, uh, the, the lonesomeness and, uh, you know, the murder and the, uh, and the you know, the uh, or murder fantasies and, uh, you know, the, the heartbreak and uh, the, uh, the addiction and the booze. You know, you can expect to hear all of that. Um, and it's going to be fun, you know, uh, it, because uh, these songs come out of, I think, the uh, the worst time of my life. I, I'd never felt uh, co- the pandemic coupled with, uh, you know, probably the first real heartbreak of my life. Not the first real one, but, you know, the biggest one. Um, just yeah, combined in just, just the, the worst time I've ever had, you know. Uh, um, and And so you think about how you got there. You know, and you think about uh, your coping mechanisms and what you use to cope, you know, and uh, so, so, you know, you think about those stuff and you try to write about it honestly, but for me, writing about it honestly, I don't, I don't like, I don't like a bunch of sentiment, sentiment, you know, so um, I think I just, I wanted to write about it in a way that was honest and didn't make light of it, but was most importantly fun, you know, it wasn't a bummer, you know, it wasn't a total drag. You know, who wants to hear that? I don't. I don't want to write that. You know, even if I tried to write, okay, I'm just going to write a sad song. I'm not going to try to be clever or a little bit witty or make it, you know, more than it is. Um, I mean, um, it. and I'm just embarrassed to read it. And they say those are the songs you should play. But I, I, I say, no, no, if you're embarrassed, throw it away and start over again. Make, make it, you know, so it's, I, I think it's a, it's fun. It's it's hyperbolic, you know. I've uh, as someone who's written uh, some of the songs are about murder. I'd like to come out and say uh, unequivocally here, I've never murdered anybody. Uh, <laughs> and even if I did, I did it for the right reasons. Uh, <laughs> you did it to write a song about it, right? I mean, you gotta be uh, gotta be true yeah. to your experience. <laughs> yeah, but I think you know people like hyperbole. You know, people like you know never let the the, the unvarnished truth get in the way of a good story. So you can expect some good stories, some great jokes, some fun songs uh, that I think are pretty well written. Um, and uh, they all, they all, um, they all drive, drive off of uh, swing and country and ragtime. 
You know, Anthony, that sounds like it's going to be a fantastic performance. I mean, who doesn't want to have some fun, hear about some murders? You know, it's going to be a, a heck of a time, I think, and I'm really excited for it. Um, and that's tomorrow at the KW Little Theater. And Anthony, I have one last question for you. Um, and I mean, this show, what you, the way you described it already makes it sound like it's going to be a ton of fun. Um, but in your bio, I saw that you had been described as a fire-eating barfly. <laughs> Can you give us uh, some details about how you earned that description? Well, I used to do circus stuff when I was younger, you know, uh, uh, late high school and just out of high school. Um, and one of the things I did was, you know, eat fire and I juggle it, you know, and knives and stuff, do little magic tricks, but mostly juggling and the, the, the fire eating stuff. And I haven't done that in years, so I don't want anybody to expect that. I'm not going to do that. Uh, I might have a, an old-fashioned, you know, I might have a little drink. Uh, but, so the barfly stuff, you know, that still happens sometimes, although, you know, cutting down on that. But I, I like to have a good time. Um, but yes, yes, that's a we'll, we'll, we'll jab up my history there as a, a performer of many stripes, I guess. Oh, well, thanks so much, Anthony. You know what? This was has been such a pleasure to chat with you. Um, I mean, this show is going to be fantastic. I encourage anyone who's listening right now here on Midtown Radio to make sure you pick up your tickets for Anthony Schmanthony Friday. Uh, that would be tomorrow at KW Little Theater. I really appreciate you joining us here, Anthony. Um, have a fantastic yeah. show. And well, this uh, isn't live, right? This is not you live now. Tomorrow, and I'm like tomorrow. <laughs> 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 it is not. We are pre-recording this. This will be aired on Thursday. Shows tomorrow. Don't worry. It's all good. You still got some time to run over the songs a few. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Great. Well, thanks so much, Anthony. Thank you so much for being here on On the Scene. We really appreciate having you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much.